Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of If You Don't Like That. Hope you're on your way to a fabulous weekend. The podcast coming up in a moment. But first, I want to tell you about New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. They're awesome. They have been with me from day one. So loyal. Three years and counting. And I cannot thank them enough for their support. I hope that when you have any plumbing issues, need repairs, whatever the case may be, you go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W wrxplumbing.com new works plumbing they've got a fix for you and remember they're available 24 7 again plumbing needs and repairs new works plumbing n-e-w-w-r-x-plumbing.com they've got a fix for you every time i come back to sacramento uh, i am amazed by the people that i run into earlier today at lunch I was with a gentleman in Elk Grove and there were two people that walked in and I wasn't really paying attention and they sat in the booth behind us and again I wasn't really paying attention because I was talking with the guy that I was at lunch with and uh, we were talking about my lawsuit we were talking about the Kings and all of a sudden about five minutes later this individual gets up and I'm looking at him and he said look at my shirt and I look at the shirt and it says Napier got screwed just randomly some guy at a restaurant in Elk Grove learned that his name was John said that he had been a season ticket holder from day one at the old arena and that after June 2nd 2020 uh, he canceled his tickets and said I'm not supporting the team anymore and I'm just like wow that is loyalty that is unfreaking believable. And I put the picture on my social media page uh, and on Twitter. Uh, if you don't like that on my Instagram and et cetera, and my Twitter page at Grant Napier Show. And it was really just like, wow. And then about 30 minutes later, uh, I'm at a gas station and I run in to get a bottled water. And another guy comes up to me. He goes, Grant, wow, can I get a picture with you? I go, yeah, sure. And we start talking for a couple of minutes. And he had also been a longtime season ticket holder, but he was younger. And uh, he said that he first started going to the games uh, with his dad and that he didn't know anything about the late 80s and the early 90s. And so we started talking about what it was like when the Kings moved here from Kansas City, which, by the way, I wasn't here for in 1985, but I've certainly talked to those that were and uh, was able to share with him the experience. And then he wanted to know what it was like when the Arco Arena opened for the first time. 
And I explained to him that I watched that building uh, being constructed, that I remember standing in the middle of it with Greg Lukenbill one day without a roof and the, 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 I guess the, the foundation of the building was in place and they had pretty much put the lower bowl in there, but there was still an opening uh, in the roof. And I remember standing in the mud at Arco Arena where uh, center court would be. And little did I know that a couple of months later, I would be announcing the first ever game in that building of November of 1988. And that's been well documented. The commissioner on hand, and I remember wearing a tuxedo, and I remember having to go rent it because I didn't own a tuxedo. And I remember getting dressed before the game and how excited I was. And I remember, and again, I lived in North Natomas. I remember the short drive to the arena. And again, there was nothing there at that time. And Ted Green and I did the game. And it was my second ever NBA uh, telecast. But what I remember, and we were, I was talking about this with uh, Danny, who I met today as I was getting some water at the, at the gas station, is that we did not fly on a charter back then. We flew commercially. As a matter of fact, the only team in the NBA that had their own airplane was the Detroit Pistons. Even the Lakers, the Celtics, you know, Danny Ainge tells me the story of flying cross country in the NBA finals, you know, what it was like playing the Lakers. But, you know, again, they didn't even go on a charter aircraft. And out of Sacramento, there were no wide bodies. They were pretty much, you know, MD-80s and 737s. And they had very limited first class seats. And the seats went to seniority. And it didn't matter if you were seven feet tall. If you didn't have seniority of getting one of those first class seats, you sat in coach. And it was a trip to see, you know, these big, tall NBA players that were 6'10", 6'11", and 7 feet uh, sitting in coach. And the rule was that if you had a game uh, the next day, meaning that if you had a game, let's say, on a Tuesday night in Portland, and you had a game the next day, Wednesday, in Sacramento, or vice versa, whatever the case was, that the rule was that you had to take the first available flight out. And I remember doing my first game uh, in Portland and the thrill of that. But that year on back-to-backs, I remember you would get a wake-up call sometimes at 4 in the morning because the first flight left at 6 and you had to do put your bags on the bus after getting dressed. You had to check out of the hotel. You know, Then you had to go to the airport. And like everyone else, you went through security. You dealt with delays. You dealt with weather issues. And it was really an interesting period of time because you only know what you know, right? Like flying charter back then, was it the players didn't complain about it. The players didn't like, oh, gee, this is awful. You know, it was just like, that's the way it was. And that's the way you dealt with it. And you had a game on a Tuesday night in Denver and you had a game Wednesday night in Sacramento. You had to get up early and you had to deal with it. And then when you landed, you would go take a nap and you would get ready for the game. And that's just the way it was. And then a couple of years after they got, uh, after that, the Kings got their own airplane, the Bach 111. And that was the plane that had the wire running from the top of the cockpit on the top of the fuselage to the tail. And it was an old, old aircraft. And I used to love sitting in the cockpit. Uh, I sat in the cockpit probably, oh, I don't know, 40, 50% of the time. I just love being up there. I love being in the jump seat in the cockpit. And the one thing I remember about traveling back then, we were all very happy uh, to have 
a charter aircraft, but that airplane did not have a long range. And when we used to travel east to west, if we had a game, let's say, on the East Coast or in Orlando or Miami, New York, Boston, and we then flew home, okay, after the game, we would very often have to refuel not once, but twice. And you would land sometimes at 3, 4 in the morning. And if if you were unable to land because of the dense fog, we would have to then fly to the Bay Area and then bus to Sacramento. And there are times on that Bach 111, after refueling twice and then not being able to land at the airport in Sacramento, being diverted to Oakland and then busing. And there are times when we got home and it was flat out daylight. You know, we got home sometimes when it was seven in the morning. And again, you know, people didn't really complain. It was just part of the deal about uh, being in the NBA. And then we got the 737, which was Greg Luke and Bill's jet. And again, it didn't have long range and you would have to stop uh, in refuel. And then we gravitated towards uh, a 757. And the reason why um, I'm bringing this up is I don't think today's athlete really has any perspective of what it was, excuse me, what it was like even in the 80s and the early 90s and what travel was like and, you know, hotels and, you know, things of that nature. And you had one or two assistant coaches and you had one trainer and you had one equipment manager and we all helped out each other. Now, obviously, I couldn't help out the trainer, but you would help out the equipment manager. You would help carry the bags to and from the bus, all the uniforms, everything. You would help unload the truck. You would do all of that, okay, because you truly were a team. And at shoot around, I've always told the story that Dick Mata would utilize me to help him throw the ball to the players running around a chair or whatever. I mean, we were part of the team, and we had a role. If we were an announcer, well, you did other things as well. Now, it is totally different. You have so many people that are traveling with a team. Honestly, you don't even know who they are. Your medical staff, which used to be one at the most two, now has grown to five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, your equipment staff has multiple people. It's just night and freaking day. And so I enjoy talking with Danny today and reminiscing on those early years uh, and what it was like. The one thing that I will never forget, the incredible support and how this community was all Sacramento Kings fans sleeping out overnight outside the arena to get tickets when they went on sale. I mean, there were, there were great memories, you know, back then during that era of the late eighties and the early nineties. But that's really when NBA teams went from doing things the old fashioned way to kind of moving up in the world. You know, going from commercial airline to charter aircraft, going from one head coach and maybe two assistants to five assistants, six assistants, seven assistants, having multiple uh, folks in the training room that work for the team, multiple folks in the equipment room. And that was really the changing of the guard in the 90s as it related to the uh, NBA. I mean, again, I used to talk to Danny Ainge all the time about this, you know, about what it was like flying commercial with the Boston Celtics. Think about that. You know, you had Larry Bird, right? You had McHale. You had Parrish. You had DJ. You had Hall of Famers, right? Lakers, Magic, Worthy, Kareem. And I don't know what the Lakers did, you know, from a travel perspective. But I remember Danny Ainge saying, oh, no, 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 we, we, we flew commercial. We were playing the NBA Finals against the Lakers. And he was telling me the stories of, you know, taking uh, – you, you could smoke on the airplane back then. 
right? And he told me, you know, Johnny Most, the legendary voice of the Celtics, would, you know, fall asleep. And he wore these shirts with these button-down shirts with the pocket you know, on the left side of the shirt, and he would put his pack of smokes in there. And uh, Danny was telling me the story once when Johnny Most had passed out on his chair, and Danny took some of the cigarettes out of his uh, pack and put in the ones that explode when you light them. And I'm just thinking about this now. Could you imagine someone, first of all, even lighting up a cigarette on the plane, but then having it explode in front of their face? I mean, just incredible stories about what it was like uh, traveling. But it was such a, uh, just to meet John with the shirt, Napier got screwed, 30 minutes later meeting Danny. Last night I was at Bennett's at Rockland, the West Side Grill, and I had a great time with Brian Bennett. But then an individual uh, came up to me and talked to me about my situation, and he's a Kings fan, and he supports me. And he said, I support you so much, I want to sponsor your podcast. So I'm talking to him about a sponsorship. And with the King season starting, I don't think I need to tell you this, we're going to have a large audience. And if you are interested at all in sponsoring my podcast or my live programming on YouTube or whatever case, drop me an email at gnapier, N-A-P-E-A-R, gnapier at gmail.com gnapier at gmail.com or you know drop me a dm and i will get back to you really appreciate your support it means the world to me just going out and about in sacramento i'm blown away uh by the support i have it you you all are so darn special and uh, i'm truly humbled by it i really am it's 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 quite remarkable but i'm looking forward to the uh, start of the nba season we're going to be doing a lot of programming and by the way you know, if you want something different, if there are some things that you would like me to do that were not, uh, drop me an email, gnapier at gmail.com, or send me a direct message, all right? I hope you have a great weekend. We've got Crowd Ultra. We've got my rant still to come here on If You Don't Like That. It is now time for our Crowd Ultra Q&A. Just go to crowdultra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. Reed asked, does Patrick Mahomes look like he's slowing down to you? No. I don't say that. I mean, if you're referring to the Jets game, they have an outstanding defense, so I don't think he's slowing down at all. Mike asked, do I have any thoughts about the Dolphins' performance against the Bills? Well, it showed me that the Bills are pretty good, and it shows me that as good as the Dolphins are offensively, they still have some issues on the defensive side of the ball. But it's just one game. We'll see what happens when they play in South Florida later in the season. Tim asked, why is the NFL asking broadcast partners to promote Taylor Swift's movie for free? Tim, this whole Taylor Swift thing has driven me crazy. I don't understand it. I think it's ridiculous, and I think it's absurd that I got to turn on an NFL game and hear about Taylor Swift. It's ridiculous. Kevin asked, if the Bengals lose to the Cardinals, is their season over? I'll say yes. I think it will spiral out of control. They got some big issues, Kevin, particularly on the offensive line. Steven wants to know, which teams did you think would be better this MLB season? I thought the Padres would be better. I thought the Mets would be better. I thought the Yankees would be better. That's just for starters. Ian wants to know, what do you think about Kawhi Leonard saying the new load management policy won't help him play more games? It won't. It won't. I mean, I, he, it's pretty much pretty obvious Kawhi is going to play when he feels like he wants to play. That's how I look at it. I heard, I read all of his comments, and he said he doesn't want to sit out games and that if he's healthy, he'll play. Actions speak louder than words. Dave wants to know, could you see Christian McCaffrey winning the MVP this season? Well, if you're talking about the MVP after four games, he's in the conversation. I think it's unlikely as we move on that he'll still be in that category. But could I see it? 
Yeah, but I still think it would be unlikely. Ryan wants to know, should the New York Giants be better than they are? You mean like not scoring a touchdown in two of the four games? Yeah, Ryan, they should definitely be better than they look. Maybe not winning more games than one, but they look putrid. They can barely move the ball. They can't protect the quarterback. So, yes, I thought so. Dakota wants to know, what does Zach Wilson's career look like five years from now? Great question, Dakota. I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm looking at Baker Mayfield, and he may find himself in a similar trajectory of Baker Mayfield. And Mayfield's resurrected his career, right, playing pretty well for Tampa. So you just, you know, you have to see. Still a young quarterback. Got to give him a little bit of time. Jerry wants to know, does James Harden missing media day make him less desirable to other teams. Now, I think he's less desirable because teams don't want to pay him the money that he thinks he's worth. He's just not that guy anymore. He's just not. Derek wants to know, why do you think the Blazers didn't want Drew Holiday? Because they're in a complete rebuild mode and they feel that they could get uh, good value for Holiday. They're not ready to win now. They're not ready to compete right now. And so they have hit the reload button, the reset button. That's exactly why. Just go to Crowd Ultra and maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. It's time for Brent. And we are brought to you by Bennett's Westside Grill. Their beautiful restaurant at the Blue Oaks Town Center in Rockland. I had dinner last night. For those of you that came up and said hi, thank you very much for coming up and making the time. I enjoyed talking with you. Love their food. I had the New York strip steak. God, that is so freaking good. Uh, we had a side of the Brussels sprouts and the mashed potatoes. It was outstanding. Go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com. Check out their menu. Make reservations and more. That's Bennett'sRestaurants.com. You know, it's really hard for me to understand What's happened to the national media in this country? I mean, two years ago, Trevor Bauer, who then pitched for the Dodgers, was suspended for two seasons by Major League Baseball because he was accused of sexual assault. I'm sure you saw the Trevor Bauer video this Monday after their court case was settled. No money exchanging hands, by the way. The alleged victim in this case didn't get a dime, and Trevor Bauer exposed her on his social media platform on Monday. And after looking at her tweets and seeing her video, it's pretty apparent to me that this was nothing more than extortion and a cash grab to try to get money from Trevor Bauer. Now we go back to two days ago on Wednesday. And Stephen A. Smith having a commissioner of Major League Baseball on ESPN, Rob Manfred, did not even broach the subject with Manfred. Didn't even ask a question. The biggest story in baseball this week, other than the playoffs, is Trevor Bauer. I don't know how you can have the commissioner of baseball on and not ask him that question. And if they said that was off limits, then you can't have him come on. All right? You can't not ask the commissioner that question this week. After all, it's Rob Manfred suspended the guy for two years. You have to ask Manford about it. Bad job by Stephen A. and ESPN. Terrible. There's no accountability in the media anymore. No accountability with the media at all. Sad, sad, sad. And that's my rant for today. That's my podcast for today. Have yourself a great week and enjoy this beautiful weather, everybody. If you're in Northern California or wherever you may be, stay safe and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.